Blumhouse brought back Halloween with a modern trilogy and now they're attempting to do the same with The Exorcist. They even have the same director on board to steer the ship. I can't say we're not going into this one a little morbidly curious, but let's check out The Exorcist Believer. Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. Mm. The pod in the cast. The pod in the cast. <laughs> the pod in the cast. The pod in the cast. The pod in the cast. Do you know what? And you were going to either say, well, yeah, that's not obviously what she said in the movie. It was <laughs> the blood in the something. But <laughs> the body in the blood. The body, the body in, in the blood. blood. That was it. Uh, You're supposed I to say, stop it. <laughs> Either that, or there was a line early on in this movie mm -hmm. where the daughter runs around yelling something about the innocent piggies and not eating them, <laughs> and I thought, oh, maybe maybe Tim will use that, but um, <laughs> welcome everyone, we are a horror movie podcast, and we are here today to talk about The Exorcist Believer, the new Exorcist movie that came out in October. We worked through the previous Exorcist movies throughout the year. Um, well, I say that, we record them all at the end of last year because Tim was going on paternity <coughs> leave, but they came out mm -hmm. over the, the course of the year. Uh, so we, we've, we've got a full suite now. This is the fifth Exorcist movie, or maybe sixth if you count Dominion in the <laughs> beginning as, as two separates. I, I wouldn't because it's a basically the same movie made twice, mm. so I would, I would say this is the fifth Exorcist yeah. movie. So we'll, we'll get into it. We'll start spoiler-free, of course, as we always do. Before we do start, though... I'll just remind you that if you are enjoying the show, please do hit the like button. It helps us out a bunch if you do. And you can support us over at patreon.com slash TV, and you get a bonus episode every month, as well as some other little tasty nuggets and whatnot. I'll tell you more about that at the end of the show. You look distressed, Tim. <laughs> um, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> All right, well, as, as, as long as Tim is ready, we can begin the show. I was just going to say, sometimes... Um... I, I refer sometimes when um my son he has like like solid poop sometimes I call him nuggets so that's what I was thinking of. What do you mean solid poop? Isn't solid poop more normal <laughs> of the two? Uh, well, I mean, unless like you're sicker or something. Yeah, yeah. All right, good. <laughs> We started this episode with stories about Tim's son's poop, so we're starting <laughs> off strong. Uh, you brought it up. No, I didn't. No, I, I said the word nuggets <laughs> in a completely different context. Not my fault, it's your weird word for poop. <laughs> anyway, we're starting off strong. But speaking of poop, mm. we're here to talk about the Exorcist oh. Believer. So, Oh, shots fired. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it. Of course, this is directed by David Gordon Green, who did the recent mm. Halloween trilogy. We, of course, discussed those movies in depth. Uh, Halloween mm -hmm. Kills remains our longest review of all time to this day. Mm -hmm. So check we out those. We should call Guinness about that. Ah, Guinness are a bunch of made-up nonsense. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's people out there that have got like a podcast episode that's like eight hours. I, I, I wouldn't think we could compete with that. Well, the record wouldn't be for like podcasts of all time. It'd be for our podcast. We don't need Guinness to check that, Tim. I can just tell you it's the longest one we've ever done. Oh, but I wanted the certificate. <laughs> I mean, you basically just pay Guinness to give you a certificate. If you want to pay Guinness to get a certificate, you're more than welcome to go do it. Mm. 
All right, let me just dip in that <laughs> Patreon <laughs> money. <laughs> uh, which, and I think it's the same company that does the beer. I don't know. <laughs> I think it is. I, I think I learned that at some point. The Guinness World Records and Guinness the Drink are the same pairing mm. company. But anyway. Well, maybe I'll just buy some beer instead. Uh, why not? Uh, <laughs> sure. Go for it. So, yes, yeah, so this is the new rebooted Exorcist movie, which I think is meant to be the first of a trilogy. I think I remember them saying it that. It was supposed to be. Uh, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> who knows indeed. Uh, so, we got a trailer, obviously sometime early in the year uh mm-hmm. trail didn't look too hot but obviously we're going to give it a try anyway so mm-hmm. we're finally getting to it here um or this is our final recording of 2023 but this will be the first episode <laughs> out in 2024 so happy new year everyone i suppose i'll, I'll mm. put that in there all right uh <laughs> what do i usually do this but premise the premise of the movie <laughs> is that two girls who are about 12 or 13 uh, go missing for a few days in the woods, and when they show back up again, they may or may not be possessed by a demonic entity. Because, you know, it's the exorcist. That's <laughs> kind of what it is. Yeah. So, uh, they should have called it exorcists because there's two demons. And, and I know technically that... Mm-hmm. I, I know that the exorcist isn't the demon. Exorcist... Right. Technically, the first movie had multiple exorcists, really. That's true. Yeah. I mean... Arguably, only one was technically an exorcist, and the other one was mm-hmm. more like his helper. But yeah. there's only one proper priest in this one, so it's it's. So you're t- saying the other religions don't matter? What, what are you talking about? There was other religious <laughs> priests here. Like there was other exorcists in the movie. No, there wasn't. There was like a spiritual woman, but there wasn't an exorcist. I mean, I. <laughs> It's not just because they're not Catholic doesn't mean that couldn't technically be called an exorcist. I think if they're helping to expel a demon, I I, I think that fits exorcist. Uh, okay, I just never I never heard that term thrown around at her, so I never thought of her as an exorcist. <laughs> I thought she was just trying to help in the same way that everyone else that was there was trying to help, despite not being, you know, official exorcist or priests or even in some cases even people who went to church. <laughs> I mean, that's true. I I mean, I don't think they all have their license for sure. But yes, I think they are working together to get the job done. Well, as we saw in the Pope's exorcist, you can't solve an exorcism until your badge and gun are taken away. And <laughs> that's right. Then you go in with your holy Bible and cast out the demon. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is the, that was the movie's first fault is it didn't call Russell Crowe in to get the job done. <laughs> oh, imagine they do a crossover. Imagine that Russell Crowe comes in. I assume that's where it's leading to, because he had about, like, what, 200 more cases to go to? I, I'm sure he's going to, you know, come across uh, the demon at one point. You would think so. You would think so. So, obviously, The Exorcist is one of the most beloved horror films of all time. So, obviously, this is, this is a big, big, th- big... Why, why are you poking, poking at my, my, my dialect here? Shut up. All right. I'll just ask, ask the question. Tim, what did you think of Exorcist yeah. Believer? Uh, <clears throat> so when this first came out uh, in theaters, um, you know, if you were anywhere online, <laughs> you probably heard a lot of people complaining about it, saying how much it sucked, uh, you know, saying it was horrible, uh, blah, 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 whatever. I think it got pretty low scores and... All that stuff. Basically, you know, the internet was doing what it does and was making it sound like the worst thing in the world. So I was going in with 
yeah, I, I wasn't already super psyched about it. Um, just kind of going off the, you know, notion that, yeah, do we really need a new Exorcist movie? Uh, especially one directed by David Gordon Green, who, you know, I don't think is untalented necessarily, but, uh, you know, his Halloween movies were pretty up and down. They, well, you know, there were some good parts, but... compliment you just gave him. <laughs> I don't think he's untalented necessarily. <laughs> um, actually, I mean, I, I will be complimentary in, in a little bit, because uh, I, I think there's uh, some stuff that he's good at, but it's just... Um, yeah, I mean, there is stuff to like in those Halloween movies, but there's also a lot of stuff to dislike, uh, especially Halloween Kills, which, as you mentioned, <laughs> our longest episode. Um, probably because there's a lot to complain about in that movie. Uh, but anyway, you know, I was going in with pretty low expectations, and the kind of gist online was that uh, the movie was absolute dog trash and sucked and blah, blah, all that stuff. So going in, I was actually kind of surprised because I... I don't think it's a good it's not a good movie, but it's definitely not as bad as I feel like a lot of people are making it out to be. It's certainly not the worst movie in the franchise, <laughs> but I mean, the I mean, franchise the, has some the bar's and, pretty low to yeah. be fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I think I actually liked um there was some stuff that I was I was surprised that I liked in the movie. Uh, I actually thought the uh there are some like story bits that i thought were interesting and new and uh, i feel like a lot of people were you know kind of ragging on the idea that it was two girls possessed because like, i heard the joke a couple of times of people being like oh what's scarier than one girl two girls which i understand the joke you know that that's funny and whatever but um at the same time though i do think this does kind of you know bring an interesting premise to the series that we haven't really seen before um and it's not just, oh, yeah, you know, two is more than one. Like, it's not as simple as that. I think, you know, there's interesting stuff to see how the different families interact with this situation. When you have, you know, one family that's, you know, atheist and the other that is, you know, deeply religious. It's interesting to kind of contrast that. Um, so I actually do think that was, you know, a pretty interesting novel uh, idea. Uh, I do think, you know, there's some other interesting, creepy stuff uh, in it. Uh, I think, you know, David Gordon Green, I, I think it's stuff generally looks pretty good i i you know thought that you know there were some you know pretty shots and stuff and especially early on uh maybe like the first 30 ish minutes or so uh i was actually kind of digging it like i was like oh like, I, I like these characters uh i think it's kind of i'm in, invested in it so far um you know not really a, a big spoiler but in the beginning you know there's some time where you know the girls disappear and i thought that stuff was kind of interesting and compelling like oh what happened to them and you know, as a parent, like, oh, like, what could be scarier than this, you know? Um, so I, I like that stuff. Where the movie kind of hits the wall, though, is when it tries to shoehorn all the legacy stuff. Like, if this wasn't an Exorcist franchise movie, if it was just a movie about, like, you know, a possession movie, actually, I'm not saying it would be, like, amazing, but I, th I think it would be, like, a pretty, like, decent to, like, you know, maybe, like, slightly good movie. But shoehorning all this crap and <laughs> trying to bring characters back and having nods and references to the original, it felt so, like, dumb and unoriginal and it, it didn't feel creepy. It felt like, you know, the, the demons know that they're in an exorcist movie when they're, like, quote, like, uh, you're, like uh, I mean... 
ostensibly if you want to say like oh well it's the same demon or, or whatever but it feels weird that it's just like always this one demon that possesses like people but then it's like it, it feels like the demon knows it's in an exorcist movie when it's like quoting lines and like doing all this like dumb shit um that's where the movie i i think just really turns to crap and uh that i don't know i i, I thought that was a real shame um i mean there's some stuff after that though that i still thought was interesting i kind of liked how dark the ending got um but I, I mean you know we'll get more into that stuff uh in spoilers but yeah uh it's it, it it sucks because i think there was actually surprisingly some potential in this and it just got squandered in doing like the typical usual legacy bullshit stuff that uh really turned me off <laughs> exorcist the force awakens you might say pretty much yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like every, i don't know i feel like just all these legacy reboots like people just I, I guess as a concept, I'm not completely against it, but I don't know, they just keep learning the wrong lessons from these things, and it seems like they're all they really understand is like, okay, if we bring the any character back from, you know the, uh, you know the old movie that that's good, right? That's what fans want. It's like, no, that's not. It, it's not always good. Uh, would it be a spoiler to say who comes back in this? I mean, I think it's pretty well known, but I, I'm talking I mean, about. Like, yeah, I mean, I think they advertised that. Uh, Chris McNeil, the mother from the original movies, in this. So yeah, so it, I know it's so dumb to me because it's not like you know, it, it's one like I I wasn't you know super happy that they're bringing Laurie Strode back, you know, in uh you know Gordon Green's Halloween trilogy. But I understand the concept there. I understand how that works for that character. This is just like. I don't know, does anyone care about the mother from The Exorcist? Like, she's a good actress, and it was a good character in that movie, but did anyone want to follow up with her, like, whatever, 40-some years later, you know? Like, I don't know, was anyone, like, really, like, jumping up in their seat being like, yeah, Chris is back, woo <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, you're actually lowballing this 50-plus years now. <laughs> oh jeez <laughs> 50, 50, 50 years exactly actually is it not because 73 23 wow. yeah jeez I can't believe I saw it in theaters <laughs> what the original <laughs> the version you've never seen okay <laughs> yeah oh yeah you see the passage of time when, when Chris McNeil shows up in this movie <laughs> Uh, I'm like, oh, dude, she's like 90 like you know uh, time is a there's a cruel mistress uh, mm -hmm. Well, that was a lot to take in, Tim. Uh, I got I, I got a life story there uh, as a response to that question. Um, I'm gonna so, zone out for a bit. <laughs> no, I I think you're more positive than I am with the things mm -hmm. you're positive about, but I do kind of agree mm -hmm. that it's not bad for a while. <clears throat> like mm -hmm. the like you say, the first thirty forty minutes, whatever. It isn't like it's not trash it's not great like mm -hmm. I, I wasn't like being inspired by sure. it or anything but it was mm -hmm. like okay you know what is this set up that the father-daughter relationship he cares that she's went missing they're looking for the kid this is okay this is perfectly mm -hmm. fine for what it's doing so far but i too of course but in knowing that the the reputation for this was pretty low so i was kind of wondering what the turns were going to be and i actually noted down a time I tweeted it out, actually, that at one hour and six minutes, it takes a very sudden escalation that made me laugh. And, now, and it wasn't <laughs> okay. meant to be funny. It's, it's an unintentionally hilarious moment. 
that completely yeah. just kind of exemplifies part of the problem with the movie. I agree with the legacy mm. sequel complaints. It is so shoehorned in to just try and grab some nostalgia. Like, all these legacy sequels, it's all just this formula now that they, they, they find a way mm. to fit in. But I think the big problems for me with this, because I, I do think it's a pretty bad movie, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a combination of a few things. One, it gets borderline silly with some of the demon stuff. In fact, I would say the possession stuff's maybe the worst thing in the whole movie. It, I, think, sure. mm-hmm. I think the demonic voice sounds bad. I think it sounds worse than it ever did in the original movie. It just doesn't have mm-hmm. the the presence. Um, I mm-hmm. think they oddly don't focus on them enough, like the the, the kids. Like I feel like we, we, we cut away oh, from no, them for... It's... For so long as we follow the dad, like, talking to people about what's going on, I feel like we don't return to them often enough. So by the time we're getting to the big exorcism where they're going to try and save the kids, I was mm-hmm. like, I feel like I've barely seen them do anything, you know, mm-hmm. exorcist <laughs> by this point. Maybe maybe that was like, maybe Gordon Green's thinking was like, uh, when you watch the original, it was like, oh, people really like the mom, right? They wanted to see more of the mom. Maybe I'll, I'll have the dad be the focus in this one. <laughs> And it's just, yeah, I think that's a problem. I think we don't spend enough time. I don't think, I don't think it ramps up really well. It, the movie's almost two hours long, but I think the mm-hmm. the screen time, particularly in the back half, is really weird to me. It, it kind of manages this really awkward combination of being kind of silly, but also really dull most of the time. I think that's the biggest complaint mm-hmm. I have, is that the back half of the movie is just really dull. Um, I mentioned there's a priest character, but he's barely a character. Like, you go back mm-hmm. to the original movie, the, I mean, the main character, arguably, of that first movie is the priest. It's his story, it's his arc. For sure. Um, all of the movies, and not all of them have been good, admittedly, but <laughs> they've all had that kind of focus. And I, I do get the desire, almost, to say, oh, let's do an extra movie where we don't focus on a priest. I actually kind of mm-hmm. respect the idea in that, but I don't think they substitute it with... with anything else that, that that makes it feel like it's working uh For so sure. i yeah i think the back half of this movie is it's kind of a mess but not even in a funny way there is a couple of laugh out loud moments but for the most mm. part it's just really dull and doesn't earn the things that it's doing so yeah you know once the tubular bells like you know cover <laughs> stuff kicks in and it's like okay I, I get what you want me to be feeling right now but i'm just not mm-hmm. And sadly, I do have to, you know, I don't want to be mean, but I, I, I do think, um, was it Ellen Bernstein plays Chris? Um, yeah. Bernstein? Yeah. She, she, her performance in this movie was making me think of, like, really bad movies. But I think part of it's just because, maybe because she is so old, I don't know, but the way she was, like, giving monologues, there's a monologue she gives to the main dad at one point in this movie. Mm-hmm about belief and about battling a demon and you know how you know humans like oh i've researched every type of exorcist you know style ritual and every culture every religion and the one thing that's all in common and she's doing this big monologue and the entire time it felt like i was almost listening to the mum from the room talk about breast cancer like i was getting almost (laughs) that tone of voice as she was just regurgitating this speech out i didn't feel any like passion in it i didn't feel any kind of emotion mm-hmm. and i i just it, it took me out of the movie so much um so but yeah the, the big the big thing i think more than anything is that it just doesn't actually focus on the girls and what they're going through that much it focuses more mm-hmm. on the parents which isn't necessarily a bad idea if you're going to show like their struggles with it 
But at a certain point, I felt like I was watching a series of montages as they were like quickly discussing options and just, you know, instead of getting to the the meat of it, I was I feel like I was getting the surface level sizzle the mm-hmm. whole time. So yeah, not good. Yeah, it it also kind of like one thing you were talking about kind of reminded me like you know when she's like delivering her, her monologue like it feels like there's a lot of characters that really want to talk to you uh in this movie and i don't know it, it feels kind of like annoyingly kind of preachy as yeah um and the you know like i, I guess you could call like you know the first the first ex- exorcist movie you know is very rooted in catholicism and all that stuff but it never feels like you know uh, I mean, when I watch it, like, I don't really feel like it's trying to make a point and being like, oh, hey, like, you got to love God and stuff. And like, you got to convert or whatever. Like this movie, it seems like it's I don't, I don't know, like necessarily what it's trying to, to say, but it feels like it's constantly like bringing up like all this stuff about dip, like religion and different kinds of religion and, and stuff. And I don't know. It just well, feels like I think a big part of it is that the main dad is is not a believer, hence the title of the movie. And the mm-hmm. the arc of the movie, sure. I guess, is that by the end you assume he's going to believe, and that's what's maybe going to help save everything. But there's a lot of mm-hmm. characters talking to him when he's being skeptical and preaching to him that this stuff is real, that you have to believe in this stuff. I do think the and original it- Exorcist does have some subtext where it does kind of mm-hmm. push very uh, sort of traditional ideas at you, but this sure. movie's way more like overt this is not subtext mm-hmm. this is text this is just you should believe mm-hmm. in this because otherwise the devil will will consume your soul yeah <laughs> and it, it's also like weird to you know it, it's very different times where you know when the first exorcist came out like you know i think there was you know a lot more people that were religious and we were watching this movie and you know thinking like oh this is something real that could happen and stuff and like it feels weird to i don't know be doing something like that with a movie like this where it's like yeah i mean obviously there's still like religious people and stuff there's nothing wrong with that but you know i feel like there's a lot more people that you know are are just watching it as you know just popcorn entertainment and not like as a oh this could happen kind of thing or whatever yeah and i think that's one of the other things that's also just like uh, this is a broad complaint about the movie is that at no point does it ever have the the sense of atmosphere dread that the original does. Mm-hmm. You know the the scenes where they're with the girls just feel kind of hokey and kind of schlocky. Mm-hmm. You know, where in the original movie you felt this sense of dread, like there's something that like, something truly unknown is in the room, something unknown mm-hmm. that's scary is here. There's a presence, and when you watch this, you just see that it, you know, it feels like an Exorcist like knockoff movie as opposed to an actual Exorcist movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, like it feels like every time the girls were doing something i never felt engrossed that oh this is you know someone whose body has been taken over or whatever where mm. you know when you watch the first movie it's like you know there's lots of i'm sure lots of credit you can give you know to the uh you know to linda blair's performance to the you know uh freakins directing to the makeup to yeah everything was working on such a high level that you do get sucked in and are like, oh, wow, this is, this feels dangerous. Like, you know, this feels like this girl's life is in danger or whatever. Like this, it just feels like, you know, people in makeup <laughs> doing funny voices. Like, you know, it, it never really felt like 
super creepy or, or scary to me. <laughs> or, or even beyond that, not even doing funny voices, just being dubbed with funny voices more sure, accurately. Yeah. It's just it's just a guy <laughs> who's in a make in a booth somewhere, you know, dropping C bombs. But and maybe, <laughs> maybe part of it is just because like they don't think because. Maybe obviously there was a, a there was a, a a broad shock value to the original Exorcist that you had this girl saying these things, and while sure. that broad shock value may not be quite the same today because we live in more desensitized times, I think you can mm. still focus on it from the idea of the parents being shocked that they're saying that kind of thing, and yeah, you know, I I, I don't think they ever focus on that in this movie. The, the parents are obviously concerned that their daughters are are obviously sick. There's something wrong with them. But you never really get a sense that they're they're reacting to the specific things they're saying or the mm-hmm. the specific violent things they're trying to do or or whatever. They, they just kind of are in a state of shock. There's there's never any mm-hmm. like, oh, she said this specific thing about my dead relative mm-hmm. and she dropped a C bomb. Like, like okay, it's maybe not shocking shocking in a, a broad like world sense to hear mm-hmm. a, a teenager drop a C bomb, but. I have to imagine that for this dad, hearing his daughter say that may actually be like a shock. Like, he's never heard her say that, I presume. Right. So, (laughs) not that he hears it in the movie, it's actually, it's Chris who hears it, but, you know, it's, I don't know. And they also do, like, that typical, like, Hollywood thing that always bugs me where, like, okay, yeah, obviously the the point of the movie is that, you know, he's not a believer, and then, you know, you assume that his arc is going to be that, you know, he grows to believe, but... The thing is, it, it it's always it always annoys me when you have very obvious stuff like that no normal person could do. Like, oh, clearly a demon would be doing this, but he's still like, like I don't know. Like people are like, oh, your your daughter's possessed. He's like, shut up. Like you you religious people like don't know what you're saying. And it's like, I don't know, man. She looks pretty possessed to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It, like if I. If my daughter started looking all weird and demony and using voices and like disappearing and reappearing in places, I'd be like, okay, yeah, maybe there's something to this. Tomorrow night, Tim's going to be tucking his daughter to bed and just, just <laughs> I, I don't even know if she said her first word yet, but it may be a C bomb, Tim, and that may scare you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's too young for her first word. Yeah, yeah. Um, she started saying like dada, but oh, okay, that's it's. I, I think it depends on how you look at it because a lot of kids uh first word usually ends up being data but i think it's you know just because it's kind of very easy to say like mm. i was something about you know forming words and, and stuff and i guess those consonants are just yeah typically pretty easy um <laughs> or at least but, that's what you tell the wife so she doesn't feel bad yeah. that it was dada and not mama <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh but i mean uh, yeah, it depends if you, if you think of that as the first word or if you think like, oh, well, that's just them starting to form, you know, sounds and stuff. And like, you know, do, are they assigning meaning to it? Or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if the, if she looks at me and she goes, oh, yes, da-da. Like, you know, it's mm. just kind of like da 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 <laughs> One day she walks in or crawls into the room and just goes, onomatopoeia, and just crawls back out. <laughs> I'd be impressed. <laughs> that's, that's a very impressive first word. I'd, I'd be impressed by that. I'd be wondering where she got those brains from. Can't be you. Mm. Mm-hmm. You, you, smart. you struggle to that, say that word now, Tim. None of you dignify by saying it. <laughs> uh, anyway, yes, Exorcist Believer. Uh, yeah, not very good. I think... Like, I, I, I actually think it's pretty fairly rated on the internet. It, I think mm-hmm. the disconnect here is that... I think you assume when something gets as much hate as this did... 
that it's going mm-hmm. to be a complete and utter dumpster fire. And it's not mm-hmm. quite that, but I think that's partly just because we 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 have seen our fair share of dumpster fires. This that's is true. this mm-hmm. is a little nudge above that, but it's also mm-hmm. in a really murky territory where it's not that interesting either. It's actually a very dull movie, all things considered. Sure. So. <sighs> yeah. Oh well. So with the spoilers. So we, 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 we... Let's just end the show. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk about it? You done? Yeah, let's go straight to scores. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tim. We got to do the. We got to do the main bit. All right. So some would argue this is the main part of the show we're getting to. Mm. Hmm. 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 Nah. I agree with that. All right. Spoilers. I like the opening. <laughs> yeah, the opening. Yeah, okay. Uh, spoilers, everyone, for Exorcist: mm. The Believer. No, sorry, The Exorcist: Believer. Got to figure out where to put the the. So some movie franchises hinge very heavily on where the the goes, depending on which entry you're on. So you got to got to be careful. Got to put it in the right place. Mm-hmm. But yes, uh, so the movie actually opens with uh, so some backstory. So it's mm-hmm. well, whilst the so the, so the main dad uh, was his name Victor. What I say? That sounds right. Jeez, I'm not even sure. I feel like they don't say it that often. Yeah, the, but... Victor Victor Fielding. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he is in Haiti with his wife. They're American, but they're in Haiti uh, on, on vacation or whatever. And this is when the earthquake happens. So uh, we see them like kind of about. We see that he's a photographer, but the earthquake happens and she is heavily injured in a collapsing staircase to which the doctors say, hey, look, it's either your wife or the baby. We can't save both. And it sort of, you know, cuts ahead from there. And we see in present day, he's got a daughter who's like 12, 13. Um, and he's a, a caring dad, a little protective. Yep. Yeah. A little bit of a, a flub here, though. They never actually mention who they save. <laughs> Tim. Two points. One, when, when they skip ahead to present day, it's pretty clear who was saved. Uh, secondly, for a reveal later on, it's actually intentionally withheld. Mm-hmm. Mm. They want to hit you with a gut punch later, Tim. That is true. So, st- storytelling, all that. <laughs> yeah, just, uh... I forget about storytelling. <laughs> Maybe we should just end the show if this, if this is the level of this course we're getting. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, but anyway, she does that little trick where she's like, hey, I want to go hang out with my friend after school and do mm-hmm. homework. And he's like, no, come come hang out with me in my studio, blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. uh, she said that to him. He eventually gives in. He he feels bad. He's been overprotective. Uh, you know, he feels bad again because she found a scarf that belonged to her mother and he took that away from her, which also makes him feel like, oh, I should probably give her a, an inch here. Um, but she's actually doing mm-hmm. that thing where she's telling them that she's going with a friend, and the other friend is saying that she's going with someone else to her parents, and it's because they're actually going to go and do some hijinks after school. They're not going to be... In the woods. Unsupervised. They go to the woods to look for porn magazines. Or at least mm-hmm. that's... I believe that's what kids do in the woods. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least back in the days, the internet changed everything. I think, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. But I, I hear, I hear that's so how the previous generations found their porn. They just found it in the woods somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> 
I've heard people say that too. That was never uh, my experience. I, I I saw some. Uh, I found some underwear in the woods once, but that's about it. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, feel like there's more to that story, but uh, we shall move on uh, at this current juncture. <laughs> Not really. I just saw some underwear. <laughs> See, I feel like you're implying it's like ladies' lingerie, but it was probably like tighty whities or something like that. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> okay. Well, that's less exciting. <laughs> anyway, so th- they go off after class into the woods, and we see them walk for a bit. They're they've got like a necklace, and they're clearly going to do some sort of uh, like you know. I was thinking like a Ouija board or something, but they're, they're going out to do something I spiritual. Sacrifice to Slender Man. I wasn't going jump in there, but <laughs> yeah, Slender Man wouldn't have made this movie better though. That would have just been the. <laughs> the match in mediocrity heaven <laughs> but they go missing the dad goes home Victor goes home his daughter's not there he gets concerned calls the other parents they're like no she said she was elsewhere and then they all get concerned and go in looking in the woods so the the first chunk of the movie is a story about two missing girls and these parents you know a single dad and then this other set of parents who are religious just because that's relevant later they all, you know, spend time looking in the woods. The police are helping them look. And that's a good portion of the, the start of the movie. You know, the, there's and, a... Yeah, I'm going to go. Oh, yeah, no, just like I said before, though, I was pretty... I surprisingly found myself pretty invested in, you know, this part. Uh, I mean, maybe it's because of my parent, but just imagining, you know, that fear of, you know, they're, they're totally missing, uh, you know, what's going on. And... You know, and and it's interesting too because like you know other movies they might like if it was something like where a movie where like you know they got kidnapped or something you'd probably cut to them in you know someone's house or or something or kind of you get an idea of where they're going. But as a viewer, you know, you're totally up in the air as well as to like what's going on. So I I thought he did a you know again to give the movie some compliments. I thought they did a, a good job of you know creating some dread and tension. Like I like when they're coming back to the school and you're seeing like you know the empty like chairs and stuff and. Um, like all that stuff, I was like, "Oh, this is you know pretty good." I'm again, I'm not like I think you kind of mentioned like, oh, "Okay, yeah, that's not amazing or whatever." But I'm like, you know, I'm at least interested and kind of invested at this point. Yeah, and I think the only real problem with it is the meta side of it, which is mm-hmm. we know because of this is an Exorcist movie that they have to show up possessed, otherwise it's not Exorcist. <laughs> so right. you're kind of waiting for that so we can get the actual story going. Uh, and sadly, once that does happen, it's where it kind of starts to crumble a little bit, <laughs> and yeah. you know, so on. Uh, there's a scene here where the dad is like going to talk to homeless people because there's like a homeless camp near the woods, mm-hmm. um, and the homeless dudes are just like awful. One of them implies that maybe she had sex in the woods and uses a hot dog to illustrate uh, what he's trying to say, uh, which obviously doesn't make the dad feel very good. Uh, he flips a table yeah. literally. This must be like something, like some type of interest or something of David Gordon Green's, because he had like that weird homeless guy in the uh, uh, Halloween Ends too. Like I don't, I don't even re- I don't even remember that, but <laughs> I'll take your word for yeah, it. It was when I think, uh, like when, like Corey falls over the bridge or, or whatever, and then he, like there's like a homeless guy there, and I think the homeless guy even says like I'm Michael Myers or something like. You're oh supposed to yeah, think yeah, he's like yeah, crazy, you know. Okay, I'm remembering this now. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Just like a, a weird thing. 
Yeah. Obviously, tensions get get hot. Like you know, there's a suggestion at one point that maybe one of the girls was the bad influence, and they kind of mm-hmm. almost start to fight each other. But the, the 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 lady cop sort of steps in and gets them to calm down. All right. Have you been watching, or have you you've been reading too much uh, Danger Street? <laughs> referring been, to lady cop. I have been reading some Danger Street. Yes. Uh, but what? She's a cop and she's a lady. It's the perfect title. <laughs> Sure. I mean, I'm sure she had a name, but yeah, that's fair. I would be shocked if she mentioned it in this movie. <laughs> one of the problems of this movie is actually that a lot of the characters are kind of just there for their one thing and never get any sure. kind of depth or anything like that. In fact, a good yeah. example of this is that when they're doing the, the searches for the girls and the mum of the other girl, what was the other girl's name? Catherine, I want to say. Catherine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the main girl's uh, Angie, or Angela. Uh, that's Victor's <laughs> daughter. But the mother of Catherine's on the, the news, sort of pleading, please, baby, if you can hear me out there, please come home. <laughs> and then in walks this guy uh, with white hair, and it turns out he's a preacher, right? Because we see him later on at the church. <laughs> and when we saw him at the church later on, and this is after the girls have came back, admittedly, but just to talk about him specifically here, I, I was getting like almost like righteous gemstone vibes from this guy <laughs> like he was doing the preacher things like oh the girls have returned home Catherine's back to his safe and sound it's a you know, miracle <laughs> praise be and he's doing his, his whole bit he's getting everyone revved up um, that's why they call him reverence so <laughs> I'm just joking but it wouldn't surprise me if someone says no that's actually sure, why they're yeah. called reverence it's because they rev people up it's a good point yeah but anyway uh and I was thinking, oh, they're setting this guy up to be kind of like, oh, like religion's going to help. Don't get me wrong. Like, this is an exorcist movie. There's going to be like a real priest that comes in and helps. But I was thinking they were setting this guy up to be kind of this phony kind of commercial priest who wasn't going to be of any use. But then mm-hmm. he just kind of shows up and is there to help later on, but never never has a moment where he proves himself or turns out to be an ass. He's just kind of a background character as if, as if, yeah. it, as if the movie wasn't setting up anything. He's just here. But I thought they yeah. were setting him up to be something more, one way or the other. But they never did anything with him. So, well, I mean, yeah, that's something that yeah could have been interesting. Like if he was, you know, one of those kind of like huckster, you know, kind of priests that are just you know very greedy and after money or whatever. And then like you could have like you know the possessed girl would know his secrets and shout him out or or something like that could be something interesting. But yeah, they really don't do anything with it. I mean, I think it goes back to your you know earlier point of where it just strangely doesn't feel really focused on. You know, the possessed people. <laughs> no, not at all. So, uh, one thing that we should mention here is that when the girls are still missing, Victor comes home and his friend has brought in, like, a, a spiritual lady and her friends to do, like, a, an incantation. <laughs> and Victor's rightfully upset that people are in his house uh, when he didn't let them in and tells them to get lost. Uh, but they come back up later, which is why I mentioned them. Yeah. So. I didn't even really understand exactly what religion they were, but I mean, it seems like it has something to do with like speaking in tongues and and, and stuff. But I, uh, Joe, you know what this was, Tim? This was mm-hmm. every ghost story we watch, where there's the Hispanic like grandmother who knows about the <laughs> the supernatural. It was basically sure. that. Just she wasn't Hispanic. She, she you know she was uh, I mean she was black. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. If, she had an accent, so I don't know if they were saying she was from anywhere specific, but. I, like that's basically what this character was it was she knows spiritual stuff and she'll burn some incense and say some things in a different language and 
yeah. you know, maybe that'll help. Okay. <laughs> that's basically all the character is. It felt like a cliche, I guess, if I'm critiquing it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So the girls just get found, right? They, sh- they turn up in a barn somewhere, right? Three days after mm-hmm. they went missing, they turn up. And they're at the hospital, and they, they check them physically. They check them for sexual assault, thinking that may have happened. Mm-hmm. But the girls don't remember anything. They think they've only been gone for a few hours, but they've been gone for mm-hmm. three days. Which, that sounds like a really interesting detail to play with. But then mm-hmm. they do nothing with it because then when the girls start acting possessed, it didn't matter what they thought at this moment in the hospital. Uh, if, if anything, it's kind of weird that they're all they're they're kind of themselves for like a, I mean they're in a bit of a trance. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but it felt almost kind of weird to even bring that up. Like just have them be quiet, I guess. But they've got scars, yeah. they've got the cuts and things. Uh, the main thing they've got is the burned feet, which does lead to my favorite thing in the movie actually which is after they do some weird stuff and they're getting concerned the mum of Catherine's like you know after jesus uh died for our sins he went to hell to to make a pact or to put the devil in his place he returned three days later just like our girls the implication being that they went to hell for three yeah. days and brought something back with them and I'm like, oh, let's explore that. Let's do some like further stuff from Insidious. Let's talk about <laughs> their trip to hell. That sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I I agree. Like, it'd be a very different movie, but like that did kind of sound cool. And like, um, I mean, <laughs> uh, Christianity is stupid, <laughs> but I do kind of. Li- <laughs> I try to be nice, Tim, even though I'm a diehard atheist, but. I concur. On you go. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, obviously, if you know, I, 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 I know plenty of people that are religious. You know, I don't begrudge them anything or, or whatever. But um, I, I mean, there's oh, a lot. For, for the record, I have the same opinion of all religions. It's not specifically singling sure, sure. out Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, 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 the point I was trying to make though is just that I am a sucker for like the like cool <laughs> like Christian lore like. Um, like, it, you know, it, it's very annoying, annoying, uh, like, you know, with, I, just with people... I just, I love you going up to your priest and said, can we talk about Christian lore? I want to talk about the lore, uh, and the, like, just, just using terms that only nerds would use for, like, stories as opposed to what, how a priest or anyone religious would actually refer to the material. Well, like, I, I don't know if you ever went to, like, church growing up, because, like, my, my family was, like, I guess somewhat religious, for a while and we went to uh a methodist church for probably till i was about uh what maybe 13 or 14 or, or so and then we kind of were all just like let's stop doing this but um <laughs> <laughs> but like the, the, the but the annoying thing about church is that like whenever you go is like they would always talk about the most boring passages and then everything would be like a sermon about how like let's talk about the carrots in the bible <laughs> you know like no one, you know what i mean like no one cares about that dumb stuff but like if you went to church every week and they're like yeah i'm gonna talk about when jesus went to hell for three days to <laughs> declare his dominion over satan and then he came back and his feet were burnt and like yes let's talk about this this sounds awesome like you know uh but yeah uh suffice it to say though that i i just i i agree though that was uh in, in another movie that could have been like a really cool interesting thing to explore um, it is weird that, yeah, the, the mother just instantly goes there. Yeah. Uh, she takes a leap. I think that was one of my big things about this part of the movie that I really didn't like. It was it was kind of the first big warning signs that something wasn't working is their first, like, instances... 
for the audio listeners, Tim's cat just leaped <laughs> over the over the mic. Uh, yeah, like there are instances of doing stuff creepy at this part of the movie. You know, once <laughs> once they're back home, they're back from the hospital, and the dad's concerned, but he's trying to give her space and the, you know make sure she's feeling okay. And we get the you know the, just the generic creepy stuff where the lights are turning on and off, and she's mm-hmm. being just vaguely creepy by not saying anything. Um, eventually she starts like having all these wounds appearing on her body, which is what makes him take her back into the hospital. But I think that this stuff just didn't feel like it. I don't know. I just, it didn't feel like it was progressing in a natural form where she was starting to act out more a character, whatever she was just sort of walking around. Like she was in a trance lights would turn off and on. And it, it just, I don't know. It just, it didn't feel all that compelling to me. Uh, there was kind of an interesting idea in the sense that, once i think this is much later actually but i think once they go looking at the other house because we kind of like ignore catherine for a little bit um oh no the scene the church does happen i suppose i was the the scene i was getting to was the scene where they go to the house and it's like the rest of the family have been just like traumatized by being in the house with her (laughs) and they're like praying in the kitchen and the dad's like just sitting in like a ball in the bathroom and like everyone's just like i'm like Okay, this is interesting. She's had this much effect on the family, but it's kind of weird that they've all just went into kind of a scared fetal position. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's somewhat interesting. The idea that there's a second possessed person in a different house that we can ignore for a while and then go and then see the aftermath of crazy things that have been happening. But at the same time, it doesn't feel like like we're, we're focusing enough on the main girl. Like, Because I suspected that one of them would be the main girl and the other one would be the secondary one. And that's fine. That makes sense. But yeah. I don't feel like we focus enough on uh, Angie either. I feel like once he's, once Victor is even remotely kind of convinced that there's something supernatural going on, mainly because his nurse slash neighbor, played by Anne <laughs> Dowd, uh, who's like the neighbor who's religious, who she almost was a nun, and she believes that this is possession because she brought up something. Angie said something to her about the name she was going to pick for herself when she became a nun, which she never did. Mm-hmm. And she never told anyone what that name was going to be. And she also never told anyone she had an abortion. But Angie somehow knew these things. So she's like, no, your daughter's got this, the devil in her. And after he kind of just reads some of the book, which turns out to be a book written by Chris McNeil from the first movie, <sighs> she wrote a book on exorcisms because of her experience he wants to find her and talk to her because there's something in the book that really stuck out to him. And that's when the... Sort Luckily, of the... she's pretty easy to find. Oh, of course, yeah. The cover <laughs> of Tubular Bells kicks in as we get a montage as he's talking to all of the people who are helping him track her down. So he goes to see Chris McNeil. And honestly, this is the point where the movie kind of, you know, really knows dives for me, more or less. Uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if he goes to see her before or after the church stuff with uh, Catherine. So do you want to talk about that first, just in case that that came first? I'm not sure if it did. Yeah, yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah, so, I mean, I conceptually get the idea of this is that you have something happen that's in front of a crowd, right? Which kind (laughs) of happened in the original early on when she came downstairs and, like, pissed herself in front of (laughs) the party. But that's relatively minor. That's, you know, she wasn't really full on possession at that point. Well, again, like, you know, if you, you know... (laughs) one of the reasons to do a sequel is to try to do, you know, you know, either different things or like, you know, bigger, crazier things or whatever. So like, I can see, you know, there's a lot of potential to, yeah, have a, a possessed girl actually inside a church. You know, there's a lot of, 
probably like cool subtle creepy things that you can do but yeah i mean most of it is just kind of boring her just being very like yo i'm putting my feet up and blah blah acting restless which honestly <laughs> doesn't even seem like a possessed person it just seems like pretty much any like kid yeah. at church i think I actually used to bring like little toys into church i would have like little <laughs> like little action figure fights on like the, the, yeah. the pew um well now it'd be a switch time you'd be sitting there playing uh zelda Whilst the, oh, yeah. <laughs> whilst, the, whilst the pastor's doing what he's doing. Yeah. But she, she disappears for a minute, and then she comes into the room, and she's covered in blood from somewhere, and she's basically just walking down the center aisle saying the body and the blood over and over again. And the, 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 you know, the guy, you know, the, the, the preacher who's been very kind of like, you know, bit of a huckster like you say you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's got that kind of vibe to him he's just sort of standing there in shock trying to finish his sermon but he kind of gets you know cut off track because this girl's just being really creepy but yeah. the way she starts yelling the body and the blood is just kind of funny it doesn't come yeah, off as creepy it, it just feels like ah, you're not really capturing it. like i love the idea of a possessed person in a church with a full congregation of people and the possessed person scaring the shit out of all of them and that actually sounds like a yeah. fun scene but I don't think they pull this off here at all. I I think it just comes off as goofy. No, it, it, yeah, it, it's very bad. And like you say, like I, I can see the potential in here for doing some really cool, creepy stuff or just making it look very atmospheric or something. But it's just, yeah, it's just kind of boring. And yeah, no one really has like much like interesting reactions. Like it, it's a lot of people just being like, oh, what's her problem? Yeah, <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> Like, Shut her up. They're looking at her with her. I'm trying to listen to the priest here. <laughs> they look over at her. She's walking in her dress covered in blood. And they just imagine mm-hmm. someone at the front going, that's a hell of a first period, that. <laughs> <laughs> but she, I, 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 mean, I don't know what you have, have her do. Like Maybe you have her challenge the preacher directly. When the, when the preacher says mm-hmm. something in his sermon, maybe have her, in her own voice, admittedly, like, you know, so it's mm-hmm. not stupid, but have her like challenge her by saying, Oh, but that's bullshit. You're you're an effing idiot, preacher, because this and like have her like say something truly disturbing about you know something that she thinks is wrong in the mm-hmm. Bible or whatever, and ha- yeah. ha- have her get more aggressive with it or something over mm-hmm. the course of the scene. I don't know, like have her heckle him or something. I like, I like that idea of being more subtle and yeah, just using her regular voice instead of instantly going to gravelly demon voice and just shouting you know, this phrase over and over again. The body like, and the blood! <laughs> the body and the blood! The body and it, the blood! Yeah. She's, she's not even, like, saying anything. It's like, like yeah, that that is what the, the reverend was talking about. He, he's like, yes, body and the blood, that's what I said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like she's, like, trying to do a criticism or anything. Like, everyone else should be like, yeah, she's right, body and the blood. <laughs> yeah, like, well, that's the, the thing we like. Or why not do, like, one of the things they do later on, and this has been a traditional thing in The Exorcist, is you have them bring up something secret for, for you know, mm-hmm. for the preacher. Or maybe just, maybe maybe have her shout out secrets about random people in the audience. Hey, mm-hmm. Mr. Spielman, you like to dress in women's underwear. Oh, hey, mm-hmm. uh, Mrs. You're, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, mm-hmm. just start shouting out. You're their, still their... using your ex's Netflix password. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how'd she know? <laughs> but you know what I mean like you go go down mm. the uh, actually involve the audience so that they start getting really freaked out mm. because she's correct about all this stuff and maybe even point out something truly bad about some of them like <laughs> maybe there's a I don't know like a pedophile or something in the crowd and she like s- says hey you like mm. children or something I don't know like something <laughs> that would really disturb them all but yeah it, 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 
instead she just sort of really lukewarm keeps saying the body and the blood and it's it's nothing mm-hmm. it's a nothing scene but it feels like a yeah. set piece scene which is the sad part is that it feels like it's meant to be one of the big scenes of the movie and i just think it's kind of lame yeah no, i agree and then i mean i think you kind of mentioned it before how it's like you know the first movie feels like at the time it was probably very you know subversive and it was mm. shocking to to see this girl doing these things and i don't know if this movie is trying to be shocking at all but i mean if if, if it is it's really not like succeeding um i i, I don't know like at yeah like i don't know it like try to actually go there and you know do something yeah kind of crazy or uncomfortable i mean the first exorcist movie is very uncomfortable you know like yeah. this little girl is doing a lot of you know nasty things that you that you know you don't want to see this she, she should be saying nasty things to the people in this church at yeah. the very least the pastor since he represents everyone or like you know poop in her pants or something <laughs> <laughs> you know have her use her own voice have her say disturbing stuff instead it just feels that we're doing like possession 101 like schlock and there's nothing yeah. interesting or special about it it's, it's kind of sad you know like if you like if you told me that like oh like this girl actually wasn't possessed like one of the girls was possessed and then the other one was just like pretending ah, or something like yeah. i actually wouldn't be surprised i'd be like oh yeah <laughs> she doesn't seem like really that possessed <laughs> and that's something that could be an interesting angle too honestly an exorcist movie where the twist is is that the, there was never a possession and the girl <laughs> or the whoever it is is just deeply psychotic or you know mentally disturbed that would actually be an interesting pivot <laughs> for a movie yeah uh, but they'd have to have balls to do that, so. Yeah. But then you wouldn't be able to, to show how cool God is that <laughs> he can <laughs> cast out demons. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. God, you're cool. That's how people describe God, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I hope the Pope doesn't listen to this episode. He's going <laughs> to rake us one. <laughs> I just imagine a pastor up in front of his church going like, you know what I think? I think God's pretty cool. He's a pretty rad guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me tell you about a, a a very cool man, cooler than Twitch or Fortnite. <laughs> He's my homie, my homie, yeah. Big G, <laughs> the the original Stranger Thing. <laughs> okay, now just imagine a priest with like a cap on sideways and like. <laughs> <laughs> you know the annoying thing is like everything is so annoyingly. IP and pop culture focus, and I'm sure there probably are a lot of priests and stuff that, you know, have sermons where they compare like Star Wars or Game of Thrones or something to <laughs> to like their lessons or whatever. They probably do. They're, they're probably like, and just like Luke Skywalker accepted his destiny, Jesus walked through the valley and turned yeah. the water into wine, and the 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 children wept. <laughs> I don't know. I like I, yeah. Anyway, so uh, Victor. Also, you know, would be a, a good angle would be <laughs> if one of the family was were like Satanists, and like <laughs> if the daughter was like possessed by Jesus or something. <laughs> I feel like that would actually be controversial if they made a movie where yeah. Jesus was the enemy <laughs> and the Satanist was the hero. I think that would actually be really funny because of how much shit 
would probably be thrown <laughs> at it from from religious groups. I'm an agent of chaos, me. Uh, mm. All right, so Victor goes to see Chris, and mm. you know she lets him in and talks to him about what happened. Uh, the one big thing here is that Reagan was mad at her for writing this book and let you know cut her out of her life and she doesn't know where, she, where her daughter is reagan's just somewhere else right now and it's like okay i've got a funny feeling i know what the happy ending for chris is going to be at the end of this movie uh mm-hmm. but we'll get to that in a bit so th- also i got a funny feeling uh who was demanding more money to appear <laughs> in the movie <laughs> very possibly very possibly uh so yeah, Chris comes back with them and wants to help them and talk about the the, the demons and the exorcisms and, and whatever else. Mm-hmm. She makes some monologues, the whole thing. And it's at the one hour and six minute mark where shit hits the fan in a really kind of goofy way. And it, this is where the bad visual effects start to come into it as well, which is mm-hmm. not something that's really there for the first half of the movie. But we get like really bad CGI, like fog and smoke mm-hmm. later on, and we get some more goofy over the top stuff. Mm-hmm. But the so part of what made the exorcist work is the idea that you have this girl doing things that are shocking but they're also very relatively toned down in terms of like what they are right the bed might float a little bit or whatever but mm-hmm. they're pretty you know like like what i'm trying to say is here is when victor and chris go over to the other family's house and the family's all like really shaken up and they're kind of avoiding her and the possessed girl, Catherine's up in the bedroom. Chris goes up to talk to her. And <laughs> Catherine references Reagan, right? Brings up uh, Reagan, uh, drops a C-bomb on her, and then stabs Chris in the eye with a crucifix. <laughs> both eyes. She does both eyes. And it's really over the top. And I started laughing because of how it was portrayed. Because it wasn't shot in this way where it was this really... Like, like it was all these quick cuts, like it was a, a slasher movie, and I'm like, mm-hmm. that's not the vibe you want when you're watching The Exorcist. You want it to feel no, a bit more like, holy crap, this is real, and she just did that. And I don't know exactly yeah. how you do that necessarily. Like, there's probably a few different mm-hmm. ways you could do it, but I don't think the way they did it here, between the bad dub voice on the possessed girl, mm-hmm. the quick cuts, the the CG blood squirting out, and like just like as chris screamed with like blood coming from her eye sockets like holding her hands Mm up i I just thought it was funny (laughs) i just thought it was kind of goofy and Mm -hmm. you know it didn't i didn't feel like oh this is something seriously dark and part of me also thought if you are a big exorcist fan and you're you're excited they brought chris back this is what Mm -hmm. she gets for coming back to the franchise (laughs) is her eyes stabbed out this is the 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 final sort of story of that character well i mean this is one of the things i always hate about these legacy sequels is like they bring the characters back but it's always like they have to put them through the worst shit like it's never just like Mm. oh i'm getting called back to do this thing it's you know like with um the halloween trilogy it was it wasn't like Oh, you know, Laurie Strode had a happy ending, but she always knew someday that Michael Myers would be back. It's like, oh no, she's like a miserable drunk that was obsessed with, you know, this this one night and uh was became like this weird like paramilitary, you know, uh survivalist kind of person. It's like, oh, that's that's not really what I wanted for the character I liked. And like same thing here, like, yeah, if you are a fan of yeah, you know, Chris from the first movie, it's not like you're like 
yeah, man, I really liked her, but I do hope that, uh, you know, after the movie ends, she becomes estranged from her daughter and becomes <laughs> obsessed with exorcisms. It's also weird, too, because she was like, she was an actress in the, in the first, like, the character was an actress in the first movie. I don't know if she's, like, supposed to be, like, super famous or, or whatever, but I don't know. <laughs> it, it would be kind of weird if it was like, oh, yeah, this actress that, like, appeared in, like, movies and stuff uh, is now, like, an exorcist expert <laughs> and, I don't know, is going to get her eyes uh, gouged out <laughs> with a cross. Yeah. Um, also, like, I don't know, are we to believe that, like, I don't know, does she do this often? Because I, I feel like they're trying to almost like imply that like oh not like yeah they wouldn't let her be an exorcist in the first movie so now she's like been training and she's gonna take the <laughs> demon on or like yeah like there's that kind of vibe to it which is like just again that's like not what you want of these exorcist movies it's very strange yeah they can never just let the characters have the happy ending they got at the yeah. end of the movie they were supposed to have but we have to ruin it so that they, they fit into a sequel uh yeah, yeah i that's a big thing in this movie, actually. She mentions that she never actually saw the exorcism in the original because <laughs> yeah. she wasn't in the room. Um, yeah. I, I did get a slight chuckle out of her saying, I blame the patriarchy. I'm like, okay, that's mm. mildly funny. She's like, <laughs> that's, that, that was mildly a, a funny little point. But, I, it, yeah. yeah, I don't know. So It's, like, I mean, like, I, you know, I don't want to, like, you know, it, it, it's hard because I don't want to complain about, like, you know, sounding like anti-woke or whatever, but it just, it feels like they're weirdly trying to, I don't know, like solve a problem that didn't exist in the first movie. Like, it's like, they were like, yeah, like the first movie's good, but like everyone that watches it always wonders why the mom didn't get to perform the exorcism. And obviously it was because they were sexist and stuff. It's like, no, like she's, she's not an exorcist. Like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's very weird. I, like that's a thing even more than that i think one of the things the original movie set up is that the demon tries to manipulate your feelings and i feel like she's very sure, vulnerable yeah. to be manipulated by the demon because it's her daughter that's been possessed so absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of good reasons why she wasn't in the room uh yeah and so. like there, there was never even a scene that like where she tried and they like push her out and they're like no you can't do this <laughs> like I, I don't know it's a it's it's a it's a strange thing to like bring up yeah and again, there is subtext in that original movie that does feel kind of old-fashioned, like you know the idea that the the possessions are a metaphor for what happens to a child if there's not a proper father figure around. Like that does feel like a really old-fashioned kind of uh, okay, yeah, not necessarily sexist, but just kind of like I don't know, old-fashioned thinking. Yeah. So yeah, it, yeah I can definitely see it tying in a little bit, but it just I don't know. It gave me a chuckle because I just. Uh, I, I love the idea of her just accusing these two mm. priests who saved their daughter's life of just being <laughs> misogynistic. That's the other thing, yeah. It does, that is that is pretty funny. Like, it does sound like she's, like, mad about it, but it's like, well, they saved your daughter. <laughs> like, what, like, what do you want? Uh, so, yeah, she gets her eyes gouged, gouged out. Um, and <laughs> honestly, like, the rest of the movie is kind of a weird blur to me because it just feels like very quickly Anne Dowd's like, well, I was almost a nun, and maybe the reason why... I was pregnant, not because I got horny and had sex, but maybe the reason why I got pregnant was God making sure that I wouldn't be a nun so that I'd be living here and I could help you. It was all fate. It was all destiny. I'm here to help you save your daughter. And the he does work in mysterious ways. <laughs> <laughs> the preacher guy's here, the other parents are here, and they believe fully that stuff's going on. I mean, hell, their daughter gouged a woman's eyes out. They're ready to try anything. <laughs> 
she should have gone to jail, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, she's, arrest her. I mean, she's dead at the end, so no, well, yeah, no worry about Spoiler. that now. <laughs> We're in spoilers. We're getting there. I know, but uh, so they people might... might be watching the movie along with the review at the same time. It's so wild, though, how little the one priest that's really... I mean, there's like a scene where the priest is talking to a room full of priests and he's basically mm-hmm. trying to convince them this is a real thing. And it all just builds up to him showing up when they're ready to do the exorcism. They've got these two chairs bolted to the the, the floor in the, in the house mm-hmm. and all these characters who are here to help. The the religious woman, you know, the spiritualist, she's here as well. So mm-hmm. they've, they've called in everyone that they can from over the course of the movie. And the priest shows up and he's like, I'm sorry, but the Catholic Church has denied the authorization for this, so I can't be able to take part of it. And they're like, well, we're going to do it either way. So now the almost nun, Anne Dowd, is now in charge of doing the exorcism. Uh, so the, the priest just sits outside in his car praying for them, hoping for the best. Like Again, the, <clears throat> like, I, I don't know. The, the thing that's like weird to me is they make it seem like so easy like all you have to do all you need is like faith but it's like i don't know i'm sure there's like more to exorcisms than that like you know i not to say like she's not qualified i mean obviously you know she's quite religious and stuff but i don't know i'm sure there's like some probably important stuff (laughs) that you need to know not just like yeah just take the book and kind of wing it (laughs) you'll be fine he also tells her to hold the Bible tight and don't let it go, as if physically mm. the book itself is like a is going to protect you. Just holding it is is, is a help. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I thought the information in the book was the important part, not the right, yeah, the, the literal book is a shield kind of thing. Yeah, I, I what's what's so annoying about this though is that halfway through everything going on, he he decides to go off book and he comes into the house anyway, and it's meant to be this big moment where he's here to help mm. and he's going against the, the church's rules. And I'm like, I don't give a shit because this guy's not a character. He's barely had yeah. any screen time to, for us to get to know him and understand that he might rebel and do what he's not supposed to to help. He's not mm-hmm. a character. Most of the characters in this room aren't characters. It's really just the dad and to an extent the parents of the other girl. But they're mm-hmm. pretty thin. They're thinner than they should be, well, for sure. Yeah, I mean... I... Yeah, I I mean one of the things that makes the original Exorcist so effective is uh you know the I, I forget the younger, you know, priest name, but um, you spend so much Marin. time with Marin, yeah. Um yeah, you you spend so much time with him that and he has like, you know, this actual arc. So you're invested when he you know is helping perform the exorcism in the end, but like you said all these you know, kind of side characters in here. Um, the, <laughs> I think I've seen other people refer to them as like the religious Avengers or something like that. Which <laughs> it does kind of feel like <laughs> kind of what the movie is going for. But um, yeah, like you, you don't really care about anyone because they just, you haven't really spent that much time with them. You haven't like seen them have like character arcs or whatever. Like, you know, I, I guess like some characters, you know, do, basically tell their story at you but yeah it doesn't feel like you know you're actually living it and experiencing it like you know the original movie it just feels like oh yeah here's my backstory real quick all right cool yeah the the, the demons don't even or that demon if it's one demon possessing both of Mm -hmm. them doesn't even really go after most of them in the room doesn't even mention some of them so it just feels like they're superfluous they have nothing to do it's just kind of fluff just fluffy characters that aren't Mm -hmm. 
So there's a couple of really on the nose, like, oh, we have to call back to the original Exorcist moments here when they're trying to talk mm-hmm. to the girls and they're they're yelling and they're saying stuff and whatnot. Uh, at one point, what the I think it's Catherine turns and says, "Did the power of Christ compel you?" And I'm like, okay, very good. Like, I don't think my my eyes could roll <laughs> big enough uh, for for what is needed for that. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was talking about before where, oh, it doesn't feel like, you know, something they would naturally say. It feels like, you know, the character itself saw the first Exorcist movie and was like, I'm going to say the line now. You know, people mm. can stand up and cheer if, if they want. But the I, crowd won't. Yeah, I feel like from the moment that they go and get Chris, who's now in a hospital with bandages over her eyes, uh, it's before the exorcist or the exorcism attempt that she gives her big monologue with these bandages over her eyes to Victor. But I feel like mm-hmm. from when he goes to get her till the start of the exorcism, it feels like there's just a series of montages. I don't feel like I was getting full scenes. I don't feel like I was getting full like moments to actually really like get into the characters' heads or anything like that. But yeah. Uh, the other big thing that happens here is that when the priest does come in, he ends up being useless because the demon just magically <laughs> twists his head around. Because that's a reference to the original, because obviously Reagan mm. turned her head uh, completely 180 degrees. This happens to the priest without any hands or anything. He just magically, mm-hmm. his head just turns around, which is just, I think, obviously they want the callback to the original head twist, right? But here it's like mm-hmm. a, you know, it's a murder. The, the priest has been killed. One, it looks a bit dodgy because of CG involved. Mm-hmm. Two, it's like, well, if the demon can just magically kill anyone in the room at any time, then why isn't it just killing exactly. the others but yeah. I, I don't understand <laughs> you you've opened a can of worms with this ability to just magically snap someone's neck with their mind uh, yeah so okay i, I guess that's it's, a threat it's very dumb <laughs> yeah it just feels like yeah this guy barely got to do anything except for just run into the room and get his uh neck snapped how was that um so i had if now this could be kind of fun if the whole movie had been like dumb and over the top and like she was like constantly killing people like that like maybe that could be kind of fun and interesting but yeah yeah like the way it's placed in this it just feels like weird that's like oh we're just going here all of a, all of a sudden I, okay. now i'm thinking about it this neck snap and the eyes gouging out they kind of have a little bit in common with what we said about these halloween movies particularly mm-hmm. uh well all three really but particularly the first two where it felt like he was making the shape michael myers be violent in a way that felt more like a Jason than a than a Michael, mm-hmm. um, because and it's not so much that obviously Michael's a violent character, obviously he is, but it's you know you tend to portray it or show it in a certain way that feels a bit more, uh, almost what's the word I'm looking for here? Majestic. He's a majestic serial <laughs> killer, right? Whereas sure, yeah. whereas Jason's more bloody gouging and like over the top mm-hmm. gore. Michael's more about strangling and like swift stabbing and like quietly you know, tilting his head and that kind of thing. I feel the same is kind of true here where this neck snap and the, the eyes gouging out feel like these over-the-top sort of gory moments that are a big spectacle, like no restraint, mm-hmm. just, oh, let's just do something violent. And I'm like, but that's not the exorcist. The exorcist is the, 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 the scary idea of the unknown and this force that, yeah, maybe it could do this, but I wouldn't want to see it. Because even in Exorcist 3, which we liked, mm-hmm. and there's people being killed, Typically speaking, it's more about the fact of finding the bodies and the idea of, okay, how's this happening? That's the yeah. creepy part. It's not the the bloody, you know, scissors in the face stuff. That can be yeah. fun, but it's not <laughs> what makes it good. 
Yeah, I, I always think um, I, I think it was you in the Halloween Kills re review. I, I think you referred to Michael as like parkour Michael. <laughs> in that I, movie, yes. <laughs> yeah, which I always think of. Yeah, it's just um, the opposite of, of what you want from him. Um, yeah, and again, if you go back to the original, what's so terrifying, or, or like I think one of the reasons why it's so terrifying is it's because this demon is doing all of this to the body it's possessed in. It's like attacking itself. It's not constantly, yeah, like doing all these overpowered things to other people. Like it moves some furniture around and stuff, but then, you know, the real scary stuff is like it twists its own head around or it's stabbing itself with a cross or, you know, it's, yeah. uh, you know, wounds are appearing like uh, on its skin and that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, it's not as scary if it's like jumping out and, and <laughs> pulling these magic tricks on, on people and yeah. stuff. Yeah, it only does stuff to itself or, it's, or the body it's in. And all it does to other people really is speak to them. It's a manipulation. It's like yeah. bringing up mm -hmm. stuff from their past. It's making them scared or upset. It's it's all about getting in and being literally the devil in the ear and talking <laughs> them them down. But here it's like, oh, they, now they're just stabbing people and snapping mm -hmm. necks. So they just, they, I don't know. It, it feels like it's not spiritually in line with what the exorcist was. And if there's one thing you want from a sequel, really, like it's not even plot or characters. It's you want to feel what the the, the first one made you feel. That that's ultimately what you yeah. want from a sequel of some kind. And I thought this entire exorcism had none of the atmosphere, none of the tension, mm -hmm. nothing that that original film did. Yeah. Now, uh, I will say, I mean, th this definitely is isn't as good as the original or or compared to it, but. I do kind of like the the last little bit of it. So the choice, you know, yeah, the choice. Like so, basically, like you like you kind of alluded to earlier, you get a little bit more of the flashback. Um, you know, a Victor and his wife, it, and like you said, yeah, the doctor says, "Oh, you have to choose." You know, the uh, the baby or the wife, and you find out that he actually chose the wife, but then she still died anyway. So, uh, I I think that's like a really interesting dark thing, you know, to bring up where it's like, okay, yeah, like how do you live with that like knowing that you wanted to make that choice and then it didn't work out and then yeah you know that's something that you have to live with and then they bring up like the idea of making a choice again where you have to choose you know one girl to live and one girl to die and again it's like all right this is a really interesting concept like how you have you know two parents who obviously both want you know each of their kids to survive but if you know like how do you choose like who's gonna you know live or yeah, not or you know can you choose you know that like there's a lot of interesting stuff in it going on there i think yeah the demon gives him a choice and says one will live and one will die and it's up someone just has mm -hmm. to choose which one gets to live and victor looks at the mom of catherine and they both kind of just agree with each other with their with their eyes that we can't pick something because if we pick one then it's over and one of them mm -hmm. dies so we have to just not pick meanwhile mm -hmm. the dad of catherine is kind of like scared and like hovering around the corner so I, I kind of called that he was going to be the one that jumps out and makes a choice because it feels like he's mm -hmm. the one who's more weak right now. Um, yeah. Not that anyone's going to blame him for it, but he does eventually, after the, the, everything's ramping up and things are getting you know, quote-unquote scarier. I wasn't scared, but like in theory <laughs> it's scarier. Because yeah. there's, there's like CG fog and stuff coming from the fireplace and it just looks all a bit shit. It's all a bit fake looking. But eventually he jumps out and says, I chose Catherine, Catherine should live. And 
It's a demon. So the demon actually does the opposite. The demon kills Catherine because the people who chose get punished for choosing. And mm-hmm. now Ange is alive. Um, and that's that's basically the and end they, of the movie, more or less. And they actually cut to what I guess is supposed to be like hell or, or something. So they show Catherine is in... I guess it kind of looks like where they were in the woods or whatever, but it's like this like, like little area that's kind of like filled with water and stuff. And then you hear like, a, you know, the father says, I choose you. And then you kind of hear in this, you know, if this is hell or whatever, you hear a demon say, I choose you. And then she kind of gets dragged down. Like it didn't look great, but I do like, again, I like the mm. idea behind it. Like, I mean, maybe that would have worked more if we had seen them in hell or wherever they are, you know, previously, but. Uh, again, I'll give it you know, some points for the concept. Yeah, it's the sort of thing where I don't think I'd want to see it in an Exorcist movie, but in a different movie, mm-hmm. it does seem like an interesting thing to actually play around with. I think for Exorcist, I want it to be more, you know, suggested, more like in your mind and like something that you you when can you, fill in the blanks. You're for. talking specifically about the Exorcist franchise, not just like generic Exorcist. Yes, yes, specifically the, yeah. the franchise. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I agree. Yeah, like if this again, if this hadn't been an Exorcist movie, if it was just a regular demon possession movie, and then we were maybe exploring some of these concepts a little bit more, and we weren't worried about all the legacy bullshit stuff, then I, I think it actually, again, probably wouldn't have been a great movie. But there could have been a lot more interesting stuff there that you could have done. But yeah, it just feels so beholden to all, all the stuff that's trying to do that. And then, I mean, we we have to talk about the. This is pretty much the end, but there's you know the little there, there's a lot last of, fifteen seconds. Yeah, or whatever. there's a little montage of like showing where the characters are now. Angie's back in school. The parents, so the other girl are obviously upset. They've still got two kids though. They had other kids, so they have to be strong for yeah, that. Be fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, three was too many anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like that, now you just got an even load. Um, but yeah, we do get a scene where <laughs> we do get a scene where Chris is sitting in the hospital with her bandages over her eyes, and the door opens, and who is it? It's Reagan. Reagan. Who says it's not Ronald Reagan? No, not no. <laughs> that would have been funny though. No, Reagan from The Exorcist. Creation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is he even alive? Oh no, that. Um... Yeah, that jerk is dead. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought he was dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. fair enough. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Well, it, well, I suppose it'd be fitting in a horror movie if the ghost of Ronald Reagan came in. Like, Chris, oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, trickle down economics, Chris. <laughs> Tax incentives for big business, Chris. Anyway, uh, so yeah, Reagan holds her hand and they hug, and it's meant to just be this. And I'm like. Like, all you did earlier is say that she didn't know where her daughter was, and now she shows up at the end. This is such a bare-thin, cheap, like, trying to just get a, a nostalgic, emotional moment out of the audience. I just... It feels very surface-level. I can just see through it. It's, I don't know. Feel, it feels... How'd she find her? Was she, like, her emergency contact or something? Like, even though she didn't know where she was, she is, like... The hospital do? She's got a, a notification alert on her phone for any exorcist-related news, and then... This one would have mentioned her mother. She's like, oh no, my mother was involved in exorcism. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it probably was a big he- headline, you know, famous uh, exorcist enthusiast <laughs> gets eyes gouged out by little girl. <laughs> Amateur exorcist. Uh, Chris Chris McNeil. Uh, an eyes gouged out incident. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, 
Cut to Fox News where they're like, well, that's why women can't perform exorcisms. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, she didn't even try to perform an exorcism. She just walked in the room. <laughs> she went in to say hello, and the demon didn't take kindly to it. <laughs> I don't like greetings. <laughs> Cut to the demon, and I took yeah. that personally. <laughs> uh, so yeah the movie ends in a shot of like looking at Angie in her classroom but the chair that uh, Catherine used to sit at is empty mm-hmm. then it cuts to credits and uh, it's not the original Tubular Bells but it's much closer because mm-hmm. earlier on there's like a moody version of it that plays during the montage mm-hmm. here it's like uh, more like the, the classic version but it's still a new version though because mm-hmm. it, it changes as it goes on but yeah yeah <laughs> The uh, season one of the TV show was much better than this. I'll just say that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, a thousand percent. Wasn't amazing by any means, but it was much better I, than I this. I thought it was pretty good. I, I don't even remember if I... There was a second season, right? I don't even there think was. I saw it. I think I saw the first episode, but I just, you know, I just never got around to the rest of it. I, I, I don't think I heard bad things about it, though. I think people who watched it still seem to like it, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, this was just kind of a... It's in a really frustrating place where... It veers into silly a couple of times, but not enough mm-hmm. to enjoy it as a silly movie. It's mostly kind of dull. Sure. It has the legacy problems that you brought up. It, it it's it, it's just for for all the things going into it, it ends up being not that interesting a movie, and that's really saying something, mm-hmm. I think, given you know everything that we've talked about. <laughs> yeah. So <sighs> I don't know. Weird, weird franchise. <laughs> It is weird. It's, it's a weird franchise. You got Exorcist at the top, then you got three. Well, let's let's save. Uh, maybe we'll do some some Boko for, oh. for some rankings. So. Oh yeah, let's save that. <laughs> I mean, I just did the first two, and there's only five movies, so <laughs> I've not left much oh. to the imagination. But we'll 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 do something. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah we'll we'll talk about some uh, rankings. Yeah, maybe that's next week's even more uh, content. Anyway, uh, what are you? rating exorcist i want to believe um, the fox Mulder edition <laughs> oh actually speaking of fox that uh, reminds me uh, <laughs> this was weird that this started with a universal studios opening because all the mm. other movies were warner brothers and i know mm, it's because true. universal's tied to bloomhouse and bloomhouse got the rights to do the movie but it's just mm. weird because all the box sets of all the other movies are always been warner brothers so it's just kind of wild that this is universal but uh, yeah as well, um, don't patronize me, tell me a piece of shit. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, I, <laughs> I, I, I enjoy that stupid shit. <laughs> okay, well, what are you writing the movie? Um, yeah, so I mean, I mean, as I, I can definitely see how it's easy to be negative, there's a lot of stuff to complain about this, but um, maybe it's because my expectations were so low, I was a little surprised. Not to say that I necessarily enjoyed it, but that it just wasn't, you know, the massive pile of, of shit that I saw a lot of people, you know, uh, claiming it to be. Uh, the problem is the stuff that is bad does, you know, really make me mad. Like, I just just in general, like, legacy sequel bullshit stuff is particularly annoying um, versus where if it was just, like, a bad movie that made some dumb choices on its own, I, I feel like maybe it'd be a little more forgiving, but... Um, I think I'm going to give it, I mean, it's not a great score, but maybe a little surprising the, the way some people, 
uh, have talked about, but I think I'm going to give it a, a 4.5. Um, yeah, because there was some stuff and some that uh, I liked uh, in the beginning. Uh, you know, I thought the... Unfortunately, the, <laughs> the girls' performances weren't great, but I thought everyone else you know, did a, a pretty good job. Um, and then and there were like some shots and stuff uh, I liked, mostly in the beginning, you know, versus kind of the second half of the movie once it does start getting to some of the more like shocky bits and stuff with like bad CGI or, or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess there was, there was enough like ideas and stuff early on that I kind of dug that I'm not going like, you know, a super surprisingly low score, but I mean, it's still not a great score really. No, I, I think I'm just a flat four. I can, I, I can maybe go lower, but I think I'll just go with a flat four. Yeah. It's, it's just it's just a, an interesting dull movie. Uh, the occasional little moment or idea that seems like it has potential, either as part of an Exorcist movie or maybe as part of just a standalone movie that's separate. But for the most part, though, by, by the time I got to the the back like thirty minutes, I was just I just I was so out of touch with the movie at that point. I was just just I'm, I'm waiting for you to end. I don't care about anything that's happening now. I'm just I'm out. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's sad when you feel that way when you when you're uh, in the back chunk of a movie. So, uh, as far as twenty twenty three catch up season, which we're now officially started, uh, <laughs> we, true, yeah. we we have started with uh, one of uh, one of the stinkers. Let's hope they're not all stinkers because I'm worried. I'm worried they're all stinkers too. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, there's a few that uh, that I'm interested in checking out, but I, I'm not particularly hopeful. Uh, yeah, I mean, this was bad, but admittedly, it was one of the more notable releases of the year. <laughs> notable does not mean good, but yes, that's, <laughs> that's, true. That, that, is, uh, that is accurate. Um, I think you mentioned it before too, like this originally was uh, proposed as a trilogy, and I think specifically a trilogy, you know, from David Gordon Green, and uh, I am very curious to see if they are going to go through with it, because I do feel like, yeah, I mean, this. I, I don't know... You know, if it did well at the box office, but I was just I mean, checking that very thing right now, Tim. Because yeah, I, I feel curious. like the, yeah, you know, I I feel like the, yeah, reception uh, wasn't great. So I don't know if um, how, like, and I think and I believe they paid quite a bit for the license too, mm. uh, for the franchise. So I I think it was they were kind of, you know, hedging their bets that this was going to be a, a big money maker. So if it doesn't do well, I don't know what that's going to say. It made 136 million worldwide. Okay. Which isn't I mean, amazing, but for a horror movie, I'm not sure if that's too bad. So I, I would assume that it didn't take a ton to for the actual movie to make, but I think the the rights cost a shitload. So to put that in perspective, I don't know what that says. It's about half of Halloween 2018. So about half of what that made. Oh, yeah, that's not great. <laughs> so maybe that gives us. Well, what about ends? What did ends? Did ends make significantly less? Ends, yeah, it's more than Halloween ends. Halloween ends only made about 104 million worldwide. Uh, okay. So yeah, Kills is a weird example because it was you know middle of you know, it went straight to uh, Peacock middle of the pandemic. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So yeah. that that one's a bit of a weird, weird mm-hmm. case. Oh, that actually still made more than uh, ends. That made 133 million. So. Oh well. So yeah, that's that's the one that's the closest to this. But that was middle pandemic when it was out in Peacock at the same time. So yeah, this didn't have that. So the fact that that Halloween Kills did that well, 
when you could get it at home for relatively cheap means mm-hmm. that's impressive, I guess. I hate that movie, but it's impressive. <laughs> yeah. So, oh well. Uh, there you go. That's us, Exorcist Believer. Next week is an off week uh, for for the public. It's a week off of the month, but patrons will be getting an episode next week, so look out for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, of course, get the bonus episode over at patreon.com slash TV. And you get an extra episode once a month. Uh, and next week is uh, the, the next this month. So, uh, plus we're also doing a thing with even more screams, which is our sort of series where we just do, you know, shorter topics, things like that. Um, sometimes they're, you know, we did, we did like a big one previewing the horror of twenty twenty four. But uh, we just did one talking about Scream Sevens uh, things, and it sounds like next week we may be doing a ranking of the Exorcist movies. Is a little mm-hmm. bit of bonus content for Patreon. So uh, if that all sounds like fun, there's also bonuses for other shows over there. Please do go and check it all out and it'll help support the show, keep it coming, and you get some extra stuff. So, yeah. Anything to add, Timothy, before we go? Mm, I love you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you're speaking to me or the audience <laughs> both okay. I consider you part of the audience what how does that work <laughs> are you listening to what I'm saying <laughs> okay well <laughs> thanks everyone for joining the show we always appreciate it keep watching oh wait no oh. I did think of something oh. um <laughs> have you ever have you seen the the <laughs> Have you seen the the Look Who's Talking movies? I think I've seen parts. I mean, I know what the concept is. So it's like, you know, you have Look Who's Talking where it's like there's like a baby talking and then they have Look Who's Talking 2, which is two babies talking. And then do you know what the third movie is? Is it Pets Talking? Yeah, I, I think it's called Look Who's Talking Now. And then it's like the mm. Pets Talking. Uh, but I, I was just thinking that that could be a good trajectory uh, for these Exodus movies. You have one girl that's possessed, then you have two girls, and the next one you could have like some possessed dogs or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you very much for joining, everyone. As it streams after midnight, we'll see you next time. Keep watching scary movies, the body, and the blood. The blood. The blood.